Okay, so I want to discuss some really practical laws of Pesach. First of all, matzah ashira, which is then called egg fruit egg matzah. Um, basically, the idea is, and water and flour mix, so that can create chametz. But water, uh, fruits, and 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 uh, wheat do not create chametz, so it's technically not a problem. However, Rashi does feel it's a problem because. For, for all sorts of reasons. And the Ramah is machmir because he's concerned that water will get mixed in with the fruit juice. Again, fruit juice and the, and the wheat won't, won't rise. But if the water get, gets mixed in there, it will be problematic. For that reason, in general, Ashkenazim are machmir not to have what we call egg matzah, or in he, Hebrew in Israel we call it matzah ashira. However, the Ramah specifically writes that old people or sick people can eat it. Not on the night of Pesach, not on the first night of Seder. But other than that, they, that, there is a leniency. Sephardim, I think, are more lenient in general about this. However, Mordechai was also machmir because he feared that, water, that uh, water would get mixed in with the fruit water. So it's good to be machmir about not having uh, egg matzah. Okay. Matzah shruya, or as, uh, as, as we call it in Yiddish, gebracht. So what's the deal with that? So the idea is that once uh, you've made matzah, once it's already uh, become matzah, you can crush it up and you can technically dip it in your soup. No problem. Once it's already become uh, matzah, then there's no fear that it's going to be ma- gonna machmitz. However, uh, some are machmir because they fear that maybe some of the dough was not uh, leavened properly. Therefore, in other words, and therefore, if some water gets mixed in, it's going to rise and it's going to be chametz. That's why Chabadnikim are famous that they will not eat any matzah that comes into contact with uh, water. But it's a stringency. Most Jews are not machmir about that. So there's all sorts of nowadays matzah gets crushed up and redone into cookies and things like that. And it's uh, it's fine unless you want to be machmir like some Hasidim are. Um, a few more practical dinim. Um, this is all based on Rav Malamed and Panini Alacha. So in general, if you we there is a fear of benefiting from milk that was from a cow if the cow ate uh, chametz. So therefore, either you should get buy milk that has a kosher Pesach sign to make sure that we don't have this issue, or you should buy kosher milk that was bought before Pesach, and that way you avoid the issue. Uh, it's a bit complicated. Some posts can say, well, it's even if the cow is having chametz but other items, then it isn't a problem, but some say it is a problem, so better to avoid it. Same thing with meat and, and eggs, if possible. Not always possible, if possible to get a kosher Pesach um, simen on it, then that's better in general. Ashkenazim in particularly are machbir to try to only buy products that have a hashgacha on it, kosher le Pesach. Um, so I think theoretically are more lenient, but realistically most kosher agencies do require that all of the items be labeled as kosher le Pesach. Okay, let's talk about drugs on uh, Pesach. So sometimes um, pills have a starch. So... The starch sometimes is made of kemach, and therefore it's chametz, and sometimes not. So what, what, when can we definitely be lenient? A, if the gluten, the starch is a potato starch, so then that's kidneyos, but 
maybe, but either way, it's it's totally fine for the sake of a uh, a pill. Second, if it's of course if it's deathly ill, if it's a dangerous situation, then even if it's made of gluten, if it's made of real chametz, you can still have that pill because you're not doing it for uh, for the chametz and it's, it's batel. But in a normal situation, a person has a headache, you should try to avoid taking a pill that uh, has chametz on it. You should try to get uh, pills that that are made from starches that. Don't have chametz against most most pills don't have this issue, but sometimes they do have this problem, and uh, that's a little bit about that. Okay, another thing comes up: Do you need a hechsher on toothpaste? The answer is ideally yes, because you're not supposed. If there's chametz, you're not supposed to put it in your mouth. So there we are machped. On other situations, uh, well, let's go through it. For example, cleaning agents, even if there's chametz in it, there's alcohol in it, you don't have to worry about it. That's not considered real food. Uh, soap and shampoo, some are makbid, uh, to make sure that it's kosher bezach, but most are lenient. Muhammad says you can be lenient, but if you want to be machmir, the cream, the same thing. There's an idea that maybe creams, if you're absorbing it into your skin, it's like eating. We have that din in Yom Kippur, but that's a chumrah. You can, technically, you don't have to worry about it. Um, a few more dinim. Um, so, koshering. How do we kosher stuff? So the general rule is basically the, the amount of non-kosher, the way it got non-kosherized, that's how you kosher it. So for example, let's make this practical. Let's say we're concerned that your microwave was not kosher. Somehow it came unkoshered. So you have to take hot water in the amount of time that it the maximum amount of time possible that you may have uh, done non-kosher. Uh, so Mulamid suggests 10 minutes after you clean your microwave well. Seems like a lot, long time. Maybe even a little bit less than that. Maybe six minutes, I think. But either way, the, the you can put clean it out well, put some water in, it's kosher. Pots and pans. Uh, similarly, uh, you if you have a pot and it was used for non, non uh, for, for chametz, so you... The easiest way to do it is you fill it up to the top with water, you boil it, and then you put in a cup or some vessel, and then the water splishes out and when it's bubbling, and thus you kosher the pot. Pan, you do the same thing. You could do a libun ka, which is with a torch with a pan, but that's usually more complicated. With vessels, which were only used for cold, like plates and uh, forks and anything like that that was used for chametz, so actually, technically, all you have to do is wash it off, and you don't even have to throw it into the pot because it was only used for cold. But since we're concerned that maybe it was used for hot once, so sometimes we'll be machmir and throw it into that pot full of uh, hot water. But again, technically, if you just have to make sure it's clean. Same thing with the table. You have to make sure it's clean. And you can, if you want, just put on a plastic tablecloth, uh, wash it with some soap. Um, your counters, you could put aluminum foil, or you could take hot water and put hot water all over the counters. Um, if it's clean, if you if you you wash it and you... My mom and my aunt think it's only if it's stone. Rabbi Lama doesn't say so, but I'll trust my mom and my aunt. And in any case, you, just, you could always put on the, 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 uh, the, the, the aluminum foil. And the same thing with the sink. You can do the same thing. Uh, aluminum foil, or just uh, put hot water after you clean it well. 
for a blech or a hot plate, um, it's it, basically the best suggestion is clean it well and turn it on for 30 minutes and then put on aluminum foil. It's relatively easy. And that's all I remember right now. Bezrat Hashem, we'll do part two of super duper practical Hilchas Pesach later. Have a great night. Have a great day.